All right, I am live here today. I am joined by none other than one of the fastest growing Mets podcasts out there, Anthony Rivera, host of the Subway to Shea podcast. Also, you could check out his blogs too for the Mets, uh, the Mets site for Fan Sided, the Rise in Apple. Make sure you check that out too. And yeah, Anthony, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, anything you want to get off your chest about the New York Mets or anything else before we get into it? Uh, Jimmy, I'm pretty sure we're going to get a whole lot off our chest about the New York Mets uh, and their recent string of uh, frustrating play, we'll say. But uh, I appreciate you having me on, man. This is great. We finally have the opportunity because I know we've been trying to work with our schedules to get this uh, episode and make it work. So happens it gets to be the Subway Series. So, you know, two wins here. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully we can get two wins. We got two of our supposed to be best pitchers on the mound. So I guess that's is what I, I I think what we should start off with is those two, considering those are supposed to be our first two starters. So Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, we brought them here to be aces. Obviously, Mets fans have been very upset with them to start this uh, this season so far. So what do you make of those two, and what do they need to do to kind of get Mets fans feeling a little bit less eager about them against the Yankees? I know this might be a lot, but I'm expecting them to win both games. You have a Yankee team that does not have Aaron Judge on it. Uh, he's most of the offense. He supplies most of the offense. And we saw that over the weekend against the Red Sox as well as against the uh, White Sox when they lost uh, both series. And they had, a, I think they went two and four. So, you know, I'm expecting them to win both the games. I know the second game is going to be a lot harder because they had Garrett Cole going on the mound for them. But I expect Verlander to pitch very well. Like this is what he's this is what he's here for, right? He's here to pitch very well for this team. He hasn't really done it yet. I do have a little more wiggle room for Max Scherzer since he had a pretty solid year last year. Obviously, the end of the season did not go well for him, and he's kind of off to a rocky start. But if you look at him, right, he he kind of was injured for a little bit. He came back, then he had the suspension, and he was out for like a week or two, and then he came back, and it finally felt like he was stringing along some good performances, even in Atlanta, where he kind of got undone by, you know, little tiny, you know, blooper hits and, and infield singles. But uh, besides that, he has been uh, pretty decent to me. So he's got to set the tone on Tuesday. I'll be there in the uh, at City Field. So I, I'm hoping for him to set the tone, get things going, get this team a win, and then uh, hand it off to Verlander where he'll have the tough task of taking on probably what looks like to be the Cy Young in the American League so far in uh, Garrett Cole. Yeah, undefeated so far, 7-0. He has, as I just said, yet to be beat. Um, he's had a few shaky starts, but Yankees offense – Luckily, has bailed him out. I should say Aaron Judge. But like you said, I expect them to win both, too. With Aaron Judge being out, the Yankees are 8-10 and 10 without him. They score less than four runs a game without him. So hopefully, you know, the Mets can get on their pitching. Uh, I'm not too sure about Garrett Cole, but Severino, a guy who's been struggling since he's been, been off the IL. So hopefully the Mets' bats can get going because uh, – we really need them to be. And speaking of bats, I think it's a good time to bring up Francisco Lindor, who's had a lot of success off of the New York Yankees. You see it right there, 315 batting average and 10 home runs, including his time in Cleveland. But we all know, you know, his first Subway Series, what he did. You know, that that picture right there is from that first Subway Series when he flexed on him after the two big home runs. So obviously he has 
kind of not met expectations for a lot of Mets fans, including myself. But with the success he has had against the Yankees, what do you think we can expect from Lindor? Can we expect him to get things going? He's starting to hit a little bit better over the last uh, 10 games. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, obviously he's a leader of the team, right? He's one of the leaders on this team. But with Pete Alonso out, you know, he's got to take bigger reins of being that guy and being the guy to bring in the runs with Alonso being out. Obviously, he's going to probably get some help from Francisco Alvarez, who has, you know, I think just as many home runs as Lindor has right now. Uh, I don't know what Lindor's deal is right now and what's been going on with him. He's a very streaky hitter. And uh, I always wonder if him playing in the World Baseball Classic, because he put all that power and energy into the, that series and played pretty well, if maybe he exerted way too much in, uh, uh, energy and, and is now, you know, kind of trying to get his his legs back going. Uh, but we we really need him. I mean, if this is if there was a point in time, because he kind of reminds me of Carlos Beltran, right? A lot of fans, you know, frustrated with Carlos Beltran, mostly because of that third strike. But uh, the guy had a really great career as a Met. But he'll still have part of the fan base that doesn't like him, part lo loves him. Same thing I kind of feel like with Francisco Lindor. It's kind of like 50-50 with him with a lot of fans that I see, you know, on Twitter. So if he's going to, you know, try to endear himself, I guess, to the rest of the fan base, this is a huge opportunity for him to do it, to take reins and be that, you know, number one guy with Pete Alonso out. And, you know, they're going to need him because he, obviously, probably, you know, uh, Nimmo can be a leader, but he's really a table setter guy, right? He's he's at the top of the lineup. He's going to create runs while you have Lindor trying to drive in the runs. So with Lindor... I really hope that he kind of takes off here in these next two games. Maybe it's a boost that he needs. We saw him, you know, like you said, that uh, what was it, 2021 when he hit the three home runs uh, yep. and, and flexed. If he could do that, get himself some momentum, get going, I, I really feel like this team can, you know, weather the storm. I'm not going to say they're going to take off because you really need Pete Alonso to do that, right? You're going to need a full lineup to do that. And you know, outside of maybe bringing up Ronnie Mauricio, and I don't think that's going to happen just yet because he's supposed to have an MRI on his ankle. Yeah. Um, outside of bringing him up, you know, what else is there really to look for when it comes to the offense? They're going to need these guys, including Francisco Lindor, to step up their game and, you know, play like we know they can play and play like they did in 2022. Yep. In 2022, he was an all-star caliber talent, top 10 in MVP vote, and I believe right there, ninth in MVP vote. And so, you know, you could say right there, he's a top 10 MLB player. So hopefully Lindor can kind of get things going against the Yankees just because, you know, it kind of feels like he does show up in big moments. You know, that Cleveland series, you know, he had a lot of pressure on him. He performed well. And obviously the WBC, there was pressure on him and he performed well. And, uh, yeah, we really do need him to get him going without Pete Alonso. And now that we're mentioning Pete Alonso, I think it's a good time to bring him up too. So he did have 49 RBIs and 22 home runs on the year before he went down on the IL. So what do you think the Mets are going to miss with now missing Pete Alonso? Um, obviously the slugging, but is it really going to affect the Mets more than Mets fans might think, you think? Yeah, because he's a, he's an all-around clubhouse guy. He's one of their emotional leaders. You saw that 
in the uh, Tampa Bay series and that weekend series against Cleveland, how important he is to that team. There's a, you know, there's a balance with the whole team when you got Pete, you know, Lindor, Nimmo is in on it. The kids are in on it. And if you can all get them going, you know, this is a totally different team without Pete. It's kind of tough. Obviously Francisco Alvarez probably can pick up the offense that, you know, we're losing from Alonzo. But, you know, when those guys were running, it was really just Lindor and Alonzo. Losing Alonzo and losing that, you know, second, third person in there, it's really tough. It's going to be a tough couple of days. Maybe we might see some, you know, uh, uh, low-scoring affair in this this, uh, Subway Series this year. Yeah, definitely. Without the two big sluggers, Judge and Alonzo, you know, I agree. I think the offense is definitely going to be lacking. And, you know, the Mets have been struggling, obviously, with Alonzo. But now without Alonzo, I think it should be alarming Mets fans a little bit more than we're actually alarmed. Um, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see. But one of the guys outside of Lindor that Mets fans are going to be looking at to pick up slack while he's out is rookie catcher, but an all-star possibly, Francisco Alvarez. Now, tied for first in home runs in the National League with 12 right up there with Sean Murphy of the Atlanta Braves, an 850 OPS. This guy is really exciting fans. So what do you think he has been providing and what do you think he's just done so well and why is he finding so much success so early on? Yeah, he's the number one prospect we all thought he was going to be, right? Of of all of MLB last year and he's showing it this year. It took him a while but he's a slow starter. We know that it takes him a while to get started, uh, and he has taken off. Not only has he got 12 home runs, I got to say about maybe half of those are big home runs. Yeah, they fly off the bat. Three-run home runs, game-changing home runs from Francisco Alvarez, and that's very important. You know, it's easy to... You know, see some guys, you know, hit home runs with a huge lead or down by a lot. But this guy just comes to play every time. Uh, He's gotten better defensively, which was very important, not only for him, but something Buck Showalter wanted to see, right? Buck Showalter wanted Francisco Lindor more to work on his defense. And he's shown to be that guy. He could get a little too flashy sometimes and, you know, get throw happy, trying to throw someone out at first or third and miss the throw. But besides that, he's been very solid behind the plate. I love his pitch framing. He steals a lot of strikes we've seen. And, you know, the power's there. If we could get that average up a little bit, get him hit a little better, then uh, I think it's, you know, all systems go for Francisco Alvarez. Yeah, and then um, so I think one of the most exciting uh, things on everybody's mind right now is do you think he should be an NL All-Star with what he's done so far? Yeah, uh, he's, what, fourth right now, I think I saw at the latest uh, uh, ballot. Yeah, they just I came out the today, Mets I think. It, that he's fourth in catchers right now. He's slowly climbing. If he keeps hitting home runs at some point, you know, if he hits, what, about five, six more home runs before voting ends, he, it quite possibly could be him at the All-Star yeah. game. He has the possibility of hitting 30-plus home runs in his rookie year, and when you think about that, that's, I think, I mean, the last big rookie season I think the Mets fans have seen was maybe Jacob DeGrom was the biggest one when he run that rookie of the year in 2014. But outside of that, I can't really think of one like Francisco Alvarez is doing right now. 
No, what he I, is doing is sensational. And we've have we haven't had a catcher, a legit catcher, since Mike Piazza. Mm-hmm. Uh, even you can count Paula Duca in that. When once Paula Duca left in two thousand, I think it was uh, eight. Uh, he that was his final season. No, two thousand seven was his final season. Two thousand eight, I think they went with Brian Schneider or something like that. But ever since Laduca left, they've really not had a a good catcher. I mean, Travis Darno had the you know possibility of being a really good catcher. He didn't work here. You see him working well with the Atlanta Braves, so he's got the talent there. But they have not really had a solid backstop in a very very long time, and and especially with this kid and the power that he has, you know, reminiscent of the Mike Piazza days is uh, something that I look forward to. And, you know, hopefully he does get to the all-star game. Maybe he does win rookie of the year, but you also got guys like uh, Corbin Carroll who've been playing really well, uh, especially down there in Arizona. So it's going to be tough, but who knows if, if he hits the big enough home runs, if he somehow helps his team get to the postseason, could possibly be the rookie of the year. Yeah, it would be great. I mean, that would be, something that Mets fans would want if this season doesn't go well. Um, And with that being said, a little side question with Kevin Parada being a top 25 prospect in baseball and having a pretty good year down in the minors right now, you think we could possibly, or the Mets should actually possibly use him as trade bait for another piece that could really help this team at the big league level. You know, the Mets are as much as they have some good prospects down there, they don't have a full complete roster of good prospects yet. Yeah. I don't know if I want to trade Parada at this point in time. Uh, obviously, if it was an Atani deal, I maybe do that, but you'd have to sign and trade Atani. I'm not just giving up prospects to have yeah. it for a, a second half of the season like they did with Baez. They need to make sure that these trades are worth it. And, you know, with the rumors that David Stern might be coming in here. I don't know if I really want Billy Epler making any drastic moves just to make the postseason this year. I don't I don't know if I want him to be in charge of that because I don't want him making any big mistakes. You know, we saw last postseason, it was a little bit tough to um uh last trade deadline, it was a little bit tough to bring in pieces here. And it's gonna be the same thing this year with this new playoff format. Uh more teams are in it. Till the trade deadline. So if you're going to pry away some of these players, you got to give a big prospects. And I don't know if the Mets have enough yet to pull off any big trades. Like they really need to start working on getting some good young pitching in here. So we don't have to rely on bringing in Verlanders and Scherzers for, you know, $80 million a year. And I, I see that they just promoted uh, Mike Vasile um, to AAA. So that could be a possibility. He might be coming up this year. I think Mike Mayer said, that 2023 was the time he would be coming up. So uh, these prospects, I, I don't know if I just want to get rid of them yet um, outside of an Otani deal and they'd have to sign and trade him. Uh, there's no person I think that I would want do, uh, to bring in here and trade for like a Parada or, you know, any of those guys that are still developing right now. Yeah, 100%. Um, I see what you say. But we got a comment too from Hector. Hector, um, yeah. yeah. Let's see. I understand that Pete is a big piece. However, if this team can't play well without him, then maybe we were never that good. It's true. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's not wrong. Obviously, Pete is a huge part of this offense. Um, Same thing goes with the Yankees, right? They live and die off of Aaron Judge. But the Mets, I feel like, do have a lot more better pieces 
around Pete, they just have not been playing well. I mean, look at what we've gotten from, and, and now he's starting to play well. Canna did not play well to start the season. Fam didn't play well to start the season. And now that the two of those are kind of platooning and getting some part-time play off each other, now they're playing better. I always thought that Canna was a platoon player uh, and he should have been platooning with Fam to begin with. So it, it seems like it's working now. They haven't really put this roster, uh, this lineup together, I think, to succeed. Uh, you look at every time they've played Daniel Vogelback, right? In a big-time role, trying to drive in runs, he's not that type of player. He's a guy that's going to get on base. Where do I want him? I want him batting ninth. If he's going to draw walks and you have Mark Canna, you have Daniel Vogelback, 8-9, uh, and then you have you know Brandon Nimmo, those guys are going to work the pitcher. They're going to work the count. You want that. If you put Vogel back up at, you know, five or six, you're wasting a spot there because have we, as we've seen and we saw it in the Brave series, the dude either walks or he strikes out. He has what, maybe two or three hits over the last month? That That's not good. So, yeah, these guys, Hector is right. If these guys can't play well, maybe they never were that good. Yeah, I agree not right wrong. there with both of you. Um, Hector, shout out Hector too, Blunt Thoughts. Every almost after pregame, uh, every pregame and every postgame, you know, he's got a video, um, even on the off days too. So make sure you go check out his Twitter over there, um, if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, so the New York Mets, though, uh, Buck Walter is obviously another big problem for fans. Um, obviously, Louis Guillorme pinch hitting for Mark Vientos the other night didn't please a lot of fans. Did it? I'm not sure if it uh pissed you off a little bit, but. What did you think of that move? Did you uh, did you agree? I think it was Keith Hernandez who actually brought it up that it was a questionable move, um, and he was talking about it. So what are your thoughts, though, on Buck's decision-making this year as a whole? I mean, Buck is going to get drilled for any move that he makes that doesn't work out, and it's been like that all season. I mean, Vientos was not hitting, and he he's not, right? He's going to get his opportunity to play and, and grow just like Beatty did and just like Francisco Alvarez did. His path is a little different, though, because the Mets always try to play the lefty-righty splits, and they face more right-handers, which means probably Daniel Vogelback's going to play. As of late, Vogelback has not been playing. So uh, the fact that you know Vogelback's not playing and the fact that Pete Alonso's hurt means we should probably be seeing more Mark Ventos. If you're going to gauge what we have in Mark Vientos, whether is it to keep him as the DH or to use him as trade bait at the trade deadline, then, you know, you got to see what you got in the kid and let him play pinch hitting for, you know, Guillaume, you know, it is what it is. It didn't work out. Sometimes you just have to give kudos to the other team. Mitch Keller is no slouch of a pitcher. He's a really good pitcher. I mean, I got him on my fantasy teams. The dude is a legit good pitcher. The Pirates are a good team this year. Yeah. So, you know, the Mets really have a small margin for error, especially with teams that we thought maybe would not be good that are good this year. The Diamondbacks, the Pirates. I mean, these teams are playing a lot better than they were last year and in years past. Even the Reds have started to kick it up a little bit. Uh, so... Uh, I can't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really hard to get so much on Buck. I know people want him fired. I know they want Epler fired. I don't think that's going to happen this season. So 
let, let, let's see how this series goes with the Yankees and how the lineups come out uh, and, and going into the weekend series with St. Louis. I said uh, the beginning of the month, I said I wanted the Mets with what we've seen so far. I wanted the Mets to at least finish at 500 because you look at the the, the um, schedule, right? They got the Yankees for two. They got St. Louis for three. St. Louis always plays the Mets hard. You got Houston, who kind of wiped the Floridas the last couple of years. You got Philly in Philly, which is always tougher than playing them at City Field. And then you got Milwaukee for four at home, and they swept us at the beginning of the season. So just get me, you know, to 500 at, at, by the end of June, and then we'll see where, if we can take it from there. Maybe at that time, that's what, let's see, one, two, that's three weeks. Maybe Pete will be back at the beginning of July. It might be best for the Mets to let him rest through the All-Star break and come back 100% healthy uh, if they're kind of hovering around, you know, the 500 mark. If they're like eight or nine back, may have to come back a little bit early. But, yeah. uh, you know, let, let's let let's see where it takes us and let's see if the Mets can turn this around. And, you know, Buck didn't win 101 games for nothing. He wasn't manager of the year for nothing. And I'd like to see if he can turn this around at the very least until the end of the season. Yeah, I, I know. I, I agree with what you're saying there. You know, I think we need to give him a little bit more time. You know, I think uh, the hot seat, is definitely a question that Mets fans have a right to think about because, you know, quite frankly, when we are where we are right now at this point in the season, you know, you got to throw some some concerns at some at somewhere, you know. So I think um, I think we got to give him a little bit more time, and I think hopefully if the guys that should be the guys get going, you know, meaning Verlander, Scherzer, um, Lindor, Alonzo when he gets back healthy. Uh, Marte's got to get going. McNeil even has kind of been slacking a little bit, even though he had a double over the weekend um, in the home run too. Um, you know, they've all just been not having the years they were having last year. So I think once that happens, we will be fine. But let's hit these two comments, and then I'm going to let you go because I don't want to keep you for too long because I know you got to get in that other pod tonight. Um, and I really appreciate you coming on and giving the time too, by the way. It's, it's, uh, it's yeah, really man. great any, to have any, you on. Absolutely. Anytime. I know our schedules have not connected properly uh, over the last couple of weeks, but I was glad to finally get it going with you tonight. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, um, and CPMY Sports Pod, who I know you're going to be hooking up with later. Um, matchup splits are overrated in my humble opinion. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it, it, the problem is, is that that's how the analytics go, yeah. right? They're going to do lefty versus righty. That's how they've been doing it for years. Yep. Uh, it's not, you know, the manager making all the calls anymore. It's the manager, the general manager, yeah. and the, you know, the guys on the computers in the back making yeah. up the lineup and looking at the analytics, uh, the analytics and seeing, oh, this guy hits well against this righty and this guy hits well against this lefty and, Here's the batting average. For, that that's how they they've always been doing these lineups as of late. So uh, they may be overrated, yeah. And obviously there are some uh, hitters that are better lefty against lefty. I know Beatty has been hitting well against lefties. Uh, McNeil for a while was hitting well against lefties, and then you got you know pitchers like David Robertson who could pitch against a lefty. So I mean, we we know and we see it, but you know it doesn't always work out that way. We'll see how they play this Subway series because they got, you know, the two righties and Severino and Cole going on the mound. 
Yeah, hopefully we can beat up on Severino that game because Cole I'm not really too confident in. And it's not because I think low of the Mets offense. And even I probably should because of what they've done so far at this point in the season. But Cole, you know, we were talking about a little bit earlier. He has been at this point in the season, the AL Cy Young winner, um, seven and oh, undefeated. Yeah. So But what is there to be confident in right now? What have yeah. the Mets shown us to yeah. be confident in right now? There's not been a lot. I mean they started off this stretch in June two and eight. Yep. Pitching ERA over five. There's yeah. no consistency. There's no balance. When the pitching is good, the hitting stinks. When the hitting is good, the pitching stinks. You know, it there's no, doesn't seem to be a sense of urgency either. And every game, every game we lose, the next game counts even more. It does 100%. And uh, every game is really starting to matter now, now that we're nine and a half games back of first place, 31 and 35. And then Hector with another comment. The thing is, Buck, is that none of these players are picking him up. It's as if every move he makes this season, the player fails. That goes for bullpen moves, lineup, and pinch hidden. Um, speaking of bullpen, thank God uh, Tommy Hunter's gone. <laughs> to add, this doesn't mean Buck has been perfect. But it's tough to make the right move when the guys don't come through. One hundred percent. You know he's running out of options. I feel. Um, Ant, you got anything on that? No, Hector's one hundred percent right. I mean, as much as you want to blame or put blame on Book Showalter, you have to realize that he's trying to put these guys in positions where they can become legit contributors on this roster because some of them probably shouldn't have been on this roster to begin with. Daniel Vogelback's leash has been way too long. Mm -hmm. You just mentioned Tommy Hunter. He's what a more of a triple a you bring him up maybe for one or two appearance starts. He's been pitching almost every day. Dominic Leone every day. Uh, Jeff Brigham every day. A person that needs to step up. Drew Smith. He yeah. hasn't been doing well and he's supposed to take the next step. He's supposed to be the setup man at some point and he hasn't shown any of that. So Hector's 100% right. Buck is putting these guys into play and to see if they can do well, and they keep failing on their own. I mean, he doesn't. He can't hit for them. He can't pitch for them. These guys have to step up and play well. Yeah, I agree with you there. He's not the one swinging the bat. He's not the one going up to the plate. He's not the one throwing the ball. It's Max Scherzer. It's Justin Verlander. I mean, when you look at the ERA of this pitching staff this year, it's at the, it's at the bottom, I think, bottom five in the league right now. So we're at the lowest of low when you're talking about our pitching right now. And the hitting obviously has stunk, but and it's always inconsistent, I feel like, every season. But the pitching is what was supposed to be the strength, and it definitely hasn't been. And when that happens as a manager, I think it, it leaves you where you're just, who do I even put in at what point? Because when your pitching staff can't get you into the sixth inning consistently, it's going to get rough. So I do think we got to give Buck a little bit more of a leash too. Um, so with that being said, the last thing I want to ask you, you think we're a playoff team this year? Um, as of right now, they don't look like a playoff team. Uh, they could turn it around. They have the names to turn it around on paper. This team should be a playoff team, but they haven't shown that on the field. Uh, but I do feel like if any of these guys are going to turn it around, right? A Verlander could string off eight or nine wins. Scherzer could do the same thing. Lindor could go back to his 2022 form, right? We haven't even seen the best of Starling Marte yet. 
Mm-hmm. Like, when is that coming? Yep. You know, he he's a big part of why this offense has pretty much been, you know, abysmal outside of the kids who we can't, you know, we can't have them be the saviors. They're here to help and they're here to be component players and learn and grow into their starting roles, but they can't be uh, uh, the, the saviors of this team. That's, that's, you know, doing a disservice to them. And it, it really shows that, you know, the Lindors, the Nimos, McNeil, those guys need to step it up. Even, you know, Pete, Pete's got to step it up himself because last year he was way better hitter than he was this year. Right now he's hitting for power. And it kind of reminds me of a Ryan Howard where he'll hit the home runs, but he's not hitting well average wise. And he wasn't hitting doubles and stuff like that. He wasn't hitting all over the field. So Pete's got to step up his game too uh, when it comes to the second half and when he returns. Yeah, 100%. He's a guy who's hitting, I think, 270 last year and he hit 40 plus bombs. So I'd love for him to hit 50 plus bombs this year. Don't get me wrong, but if he can hit 270 and 45 plus, I'd rather that than 220, 50 plus. Yeah. Um, yeah. You look at Aaron Judge, right? Yeah. Obviously, he hits bombs, but his average is close to 300 every year. Mm-hmm. We need Pete to get to that point, right? Yeah. We need Pete to start hitting like that. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And especially with what he did last year, hitting 270, I think he kind of set a high expectation for himself. And, you know, we know he can be that hitter now. And, you know, he's an all star. That's what he is. He's one of the best first basemen in the MLB. And once he gets back, he really needs to get things going because when he's hitting under 230, you know, that's really not what you want. That's what you expect from a guy like Joey Gallo a couple of years ago or a Kyle Schwarber. And Pete Alonzo should not be mentioned with those guys. Um, but yeah, Anthony, I really thank you. Thank you again for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you're watching right now and you haven't already, make sure you go to Twitter right now. Follow Ant Rivera on, on Twitter. Subway to Shay at Subway to Shay on Twitter as well. And make sure you go to YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you really get your podcasts. I think you get them. You got them on all, right? Yeah, mostly I I see a lot of uh, listens on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So I kind of just stick with those two since those are the two biggest of the uh, you know podcasting brands. And you know, if anyone subscribes there, they'll get a notification when the episode's up. Could listen. Uh, at any time and uh youtube youtube i'm working on i'm not putting full episodes up there yet i I take chunks and pieces from the episodes and post them up there but uh there'll be some more content coming there soon yeah and of course as well the twitter spaces too are always always flowing too i've seen you pop into a few um so make sure you go check those out too pre-games too as well uh and thank you again for coming on i really appreciate it and uh also, if you're watching at 8 o'clock, Talking Mets with Rob, they got the panel going. Subway to Shay will be there. You got Shay and Sons, and you also got CPNY. So make sure you go check that out at 8 o'clock if you want to catch more Mets talk. Um, and thanks again for coming on. Jimmy, uh, it was fun. I appreciate you. You got great stuff going on uh, right now with your show. Uh, anytime you need me, just uh, hit me up, and we'll try to make something work, my friend. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. All right, brother. You have a good one, man. You too. Take care. You too. Peace out. All right. And if you haven't, like I said, go check out Subway to Shea on Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your pods. One of the fastest growing Mets podcasts. One of the top Mets podcasts actually right now. Um, Over 4K followers on Twitter. 
Um, and he's actually made a couple appearances on SNY with Dexter Henry too. So make sure you go follow at Ant Rivera, I believe eight, six. Let me just make sure. Ant Rivera, eight, six on Twitter. Make sure you go give him a follow and don't miss his stuff. Also on SNY with Dexter Henry. Um, but yeah, let's give a little bit of a little bit more subway subway series talk. And then we'll talk about the Yankees too, because let's be real without Aaron judge the Mets might be able to finesse two wins from the Yankees and really turn things around. Cause if the Mets need one thing, if the Mets fans, you know, we're dying out here, we don't even want to watch the games, but we're going to be watching this. You know, Anthony said he's going to be at the game tomorrow. I'm going to be there Wednesday. So we're obviously going to be glued in, but nine and a half games back fans are actually wanting to check out. And that's a problem when you spend $364 million on a payroll. It is, you know, when you're relying on guys like Francisco Alvarez, who didn't even start the season at the MLB level to be the best player in the lineup, that's unacceptable. Now, is he the best hitter in the lineup right now? Yeah, 100%. But like Anthony said, you know, when Alonzo does come back, he needs to get that bad and average up because that's who he is. He's not Joey Gallo. He's not Kyle Schwarber. He's Pete Alonzo. He's a guy who should be hitting above 265, 270, and hitting 45-plus bombs. I'd love for him to hit 55-plus, 60-plus, but if he's doing it hitting 219, what good does that do? You know? And if you want to say, oh, well, bad and average doesn't matter, well, his bad and average was higher last year, and we were a lot better at this point in the season last year. Francisco Lindor's bad and average was a lot better last year, and we were a lot better at this point in the season. Jeff McNeil's bad and average was a lot better at last season at this point in the year. And now, obviously, he's hitting under 290. He's a guy who hits 300-plus every year besides the COVID year. But outside of that, you know, McNeil, Lindor, Alonzo, their bad and averages, they're well under what they usually are. And I'm sick of people saying that bad and average doesn't matter because when they're bad and average, but all three of them, when they're bad and averages, were much higher when the, last year they all like uh, McNeil finished above 300. Lindor hit above 270. Alonzo hit above 270. And we won 101 games. And I know we sucked in the playoffs. I know. But at least we got to the playoffs. Right now, if the season ended today, we are well out of the playoffs. The Pittsburgh Pirates are ahead of us. The Miami Marlins are ahead of us. The Philadelphia Phillies are ahead of us. We're well behind the wild card. The division is something that Mets fans can't even talk about. We're nine and a half games back, just like the New York Yankees are. And they need Anthony Rizzo, who's batting under 200 in, in his last 15 games. So both teams really need to pick things up, but mainly the Mets, because at least the Yankees got a wild card spot right now. The Mets, they're well behind. So they really need to pick things up. You know, it's it's become an alarming and, you know, quite frankly, things are gonna things are gonna change if the Mets don't make the playoffs. And do I see them winning 80 games this year? I hope I hope they win 85 plus 88 plus because that's what I think they're going to need to get to win the wild card this year. I mean, you look at the other teams around the NL, like Anthony was talking about, they're a lot better than they were last year. And the Mets are a lot worse than the, than what they were last year. So there's concerns all around this New York Mets roster, even when Pete Alonso comes back. 
he needs to step things up. Brandon Nimmo, you know, as mu- you know, he's swinging at first pitch all the time now. It feels not first pitch, but he's swinging a lot more early in the count than he was last year. And I've seen a couple takes saying, you know, maybe if he went back to last year and he still hit above like 280 last year, I believe, and he had his on base percentage well over 350, so he still produced, but. You know, he was that table setter, that, and now it's, um, you know, he's driving the ball a lot better, but, you know, everybody on the Mets needs to step up. Everybody. But let's not talk about the Mets all day. Let's talk about these New York Yankees, who, they're 38-29, and 29 and, you know, they will probably make the playoffs. But they should win the AL East. Like, they really should. With the players that they got, you're talking about a former MVP in Giancarlo Stanton. You're looking at a former World Series champion in Anthony Rizzo. Now I get Aaron Judge, the reigning MVP, isn't here right now. But that doesn't mean that Glaber Torres, Anthony Rizzo, Giancarlo Stanton, DJ LeMahieu, Josh Donaldson, I could go on and on with this team. They can't get things going. Anthony Volpe, everybody's everybody's crapping on Anthony Volpe, but Anthony Volpe's a rookie, dude. What about the former MVP, Giancarlo Stanton? What about the guy who's hitting under 200 in his last 15 games, Anthony Rizzo? Got a comment right here. Hector, couldn't agree more. Why a player couldn't maintain a good batting average while also having the numbers. I think Pete can definitely be a 270 or better hitter. Yeah, going back to the Mets real quick, but Pete Alonso set that. He's not Joey Gallo. He's not Kyle Schwarber. Pete Alonso should be, like, listen. Should he be Aaron Judge? No. But can he be our Aaron Judge? Can he hit 270, 280 plus? Yeah. He's Pete Alonzo. You know, I get it. He's a meme. He humps the bad and he humps the uh humps the dugout, humps his teammates and and deadlifts before home run derbies. But he hit 270 last year. You know, we need that. We need that. Granted, you know, you love him hitting 50 plus home runs potentially, but you know, rather 40, 40 to 45 plus with a 270 batting average than 50 to 55 plus with a 220. You know, he had just as he had the most RBIs. He's out. He had, he led the league in RBIs last year. He hit 270. He had 40 plus home runs. Now I would love for him to hit 50 plus. That would be great. Don't get me wrong. I would love it. I just, I keep saying it, but like Hector said, Pete can definitely be a 270 or better hitter. We've seen it. So we got to get back to that. And that's what this Mets team needs. Because I mentioned it before, as much as everybody says, with my dog barking right now, as much as bad and average doesn't matter, when you look at these three guys, Pete Alonzo, Jeff McNeil, and Francisco Lindor, all three of their bad and average, all three of their bad and averages were much higher than they were last year than they are right now. And we were much better last year than we are right now. So bad and average still kind of matters. And look at the Tampa Bay Rays batting average. So, but back to the Yankees. Um, you know, you look at them this year, Aaron Judge, they're eight and ten. Eight and ten without him. They score less than four runs a game. With Aaron Judge, they score four point nine runs per game. And then they uh they're I think 30 and 19 with Aaron Judge this year. So it, it's a drastic difference. It is a drastic difference. And since he came off the IL. 26 RBIs, 24 runs. So he's accounted for over 50 runs when he came off the IL. 
So that's something you got to look at. 325 batting average, 13 home runs. The guy is clearly the best player in baseball, but that doesn't mean that the Yankees should be 8-10 and 10 without Aaron Judge. That doesn't mean the Yankees should lose 2 out of 3 to the Boston Red Sox without Aaron Judge. That shouldn't mean Anthony Rizzo gets picked off at second base, running past second base without Aaron Judge. It doesn't, like, I could go on and on. This Yankees team is in trouble right now without Aaron Judge. But they shouldn't be. Like I said, they have the former MVP, Giancarlo Stanton, who, quite frankly, hasn't played like an MVP with the New York Yankees once. Yeah, he hits good in the postseason, but he's hurt. He's consistently hurt. Consistently hurt. And what does he do in the regular season? What does he do right now when you need him most? What is Anthony Rizzo doing right now when you need him most? You know, these are things that you got to be asking yourself as a Yankee fan. But at least the pitching's doing good. The pitching is doing well. But before we do talk about the pitching, um, Domingo Herman, I think with a 2.20 ERA in his last seven starts, Garrett Cole, 7-0, undefeated. Um, and he's pitching Wednesday night. And then you got Luis Severino going up against Max Scherzer tomorrow night. And Severino had his first two part his first two starts back were actually decent. But since then, it's been slow for him. It really has been slow for him. But let's get into the guys who are slugging and I mean uh slumping outside of Giancarlo Stan. Anthony Rizzo, 169 batting average in his last 15 games, getting picked off at uh off second base. Like that can't happen. Especially when you're a former World Series champion, you're making 20 plus million dollars. You know, you were having the best start of he's had he's had the best start of his entire career before this. And then Judge goes down and he basically wets the bed. He sucks right now. He sucks. And you need him. But it's not just him. You gotta look at Giancarlo Stanton. And the Yankees, Brian Cash. I mean, I mean, it all stems up. Like I was talking about last week, how all the problems with the Mets, they tree up. All the way up to uh, Billy Epler, Billy and Epler. Same thing with the Yankees. They all, they all go up to Brian Cashman. Why did you call up Anthony Volpe after playing only 22 games in AAA? And then hype him up like he's the next Derek Jeter. And now he's hitting 186 with a 260 on base percentage. Struck out 77 times in 67 games. Anthony Volpe, I think everybody can now say it just wasn't ready. And I thought potentially he could be ready. I bought into the hype. Because, well, quite frankly, the Yankees were hyping him up like they, he was the next Derek Jeter. Oh, the hometown kid. He's the next Derek Jeter. He's going to be better than Francisco Lindor. That's what I was hearing. That's really what people were telling. Yankees fans told me that Anthony, and I, I get on Francisco Lindor. But you really mean to tell me that this guy is going to be better than a four-time All-Star, a guy who finished ninth in MVP voting last year? Yeah. No. Sorry. I think Anthony Volpe needs to go back down. And you saw Jared Kalanick. It happened with him. He went back down a couple times. So it doesn't really – former former New York Met prospect, Jared Kalanick. But, uh, you know, I think you really need to uh, – I think the Yankees really need to consider moving this guy back down. You know, he's played more MLB games than AAA games. 
It's no knock on him. It's no knock. He's 21 years old. He's still got more than enough time to turn into the shortstop that Yankees fans want him to become. Just right now, you are ruining. I'm not sure if you're ruining his confidence, but it's got to be affecting him a little bit when people are calling for you to go back down and you're just 21 years old and you look at your stats and you're hitting, you're seeing 186 on the scoreboard. Your OPS is below 650. Struck out 77 times in 67 games. He's barely making contact. You could potentially kill this kid's confidence. So I think you got to send him back down to AAA. Let him get things going. And once he gets things going, just call him right back up. Now you can look at the other options, the other options for the Yankees. Um, You can go with IFK, who's batting above, 250, uh, above 240 this year. Let me get it right here. Where is it? Yeah. So, I mean, you got IFK. He's got five hits in his last five games. He's in 243 right now. He's got a terrible arm, though, so I wouldn't really go with him. I would look at Oswald, uh, Oswald Peraza, though. I mean, so far, he in last year in 2022, he had 306 in 18 games. He's hitting, well, he was hitting 311 at the AAA level uh, this season. And he's only got 12 games so far this year at the major league level. But I think Oswald Peraza should be a guy who you give the shortstop job for a little bit while he send Volpe back down, let Volpe get his confidence up. And if he does, he starts chopping, then you bring him back up. And then you got a middle infield of Peraza and Volpe, <coughs> which would be great. That young of a middle infield when Aaron judge, hopefully comes back with his toe injury, but he had, there's no timetable set for a return yet. But Aaron Boone did say that hopefully playing rehab games uh, by next week. We'll get into that a little bit, but Let's talk to shortstops a little bit. 22 games in AAA, 186, only nine home runs. I mean, nine home runs is actually pretty good for a shortstop who's a rookie. But still, you know, and then Oswald Peraza, who hit 311 in AAA this year. Only 12 games at the major league level, so he hasn't really got a shot. Let's see what he can do. Let Volpe get back up his con- – let, let him get his confidence back up. Don't let – IKF, you cannot make him the shortstop again. He's doing okay this year, but that's also because of the role that he's been in. You kind of want to keep him in that role, where that's what at least what I think. Um, we really need the Yankees need more. I mean, really outside, who cares? Volpe. I mean, we kind of knew that you were kind of have growing pains with him, anyways. Let's be real. You really got to be looking at the guys who need to be guys, and just because Aaron Judge is not in that lineup. Like Hector kind of, I'm going to compare it to what Hector was talking about with the Mets. Just because Pete Alonso is not in the lineup for the Mets, the Mets should still perform. And if they don't, maybe they're not really that good. Maybe the Yankees aren't really that good without Aaron Judge. Maybe Stanton is, I mean, Stanton, yeah, he is washed up. He's a former MVP, a guy who hit 50 plus home runs. They brought him here and had dreams about him and Judge being the best combo of one of the best combos of all time, but one of the best duos of all time. You know, they should have done what Lindor and Alonzo did last year, RBI wise, but they didn't because Stanton is consistently hurt and is consistent. Well, consistently inconsistent. He's consistently inconsistent. And then Anthony Rizzo hitting 169 in his last 15 games. 
That's not what the Yankees need. A former World Series champion and a former MVP not performing. And then Josh Donaldson sucks. I'm sorry. He sucks. Every Yankees fans agree. All the Yankees fans agree with me when I say that too. Josh Donaldson sucks. DJ LeMahieu, he got paid and he just sucks. He's hitting 230 right now. Without Aaron Judge, the Yankees lineup is stale. Right now, the best hitter is Glaber Torres. It's Glaber Torres. And that's sad when you have a former World Series champion and a former MVP in the lineup. I get no Aaron Judge, but I don't get Giancarlo Stanton just never being what he was, ever. And will he ever be that guy with the Yankees? You're paying him all this money to be... To not even make the all-star team. Starlin Marte has been better as a New York baseball player than Giancarlo Stanton so far. And Starlin Marte is having a terrible 2023. But at least he was on the field last year and performed for the Mets. What has Stanton done with the Yankees? He had a couple postseason home runs. Where did that postseason home runs get you? Didn't get you a ring. Didn't get you a pennant. So we could start, we could, we could talk about Anthony Rizzo, honestly, all we want. But Anthony Rizzo had the best start he's ever had to his career in 2023. So you know what? I'm gonna even take back my comments about Rizzo. 169 batting average in the last 15 games. Okay, cool. Baseball players slumping. Maybe he's in a slump right now. He'll get out of it. I think Yankees fans are confident in him getting out of it. I'm confident in Anthony Rizzo getting out of it because he's Anthony Rizzo. But Giancarlo Stanton, are Yankees fans even confident? Aaron Boone isn't even confident putting him in right field because he's scared he's going to pull a muscle again. We could talk about Anthony Volpe. We could talk about Anthony Rizzo. We could talk about... Uh, Luis Severino and the bullpen. We could talk about Aaron Boone being a terrible manager, even though he's not, and he's been in the playoffs every single season. We could talk about Brian Cashman. We could talk about Steinbrenner being not the dad Steinbrenner. But really, I think like what should frustrate Yankees fans more than anything is the former MVP, the guy who hit 50-plus home runs not too long ago. Being consistently inconsistent. I think that's the best way to put it. He's not even average. He's below average. He's never on the field. He never comes up in the big spots in the regular season, partially because he's never on the field. And yeah, Aaron Judge ran down, but you know, you have a former World Series champion and a former MVP in John Carlos Stanton just in case a guy like Judge goes down. But, you know, that's what you brought him here for, to be that elite duo with Judge. And then they had to go get Rizzo because Stanton couldn't be that. That's the only reason Anthony Rizzo is here, because Stanton couldn't couldn't do it. He couldn't pick up the slack. Giancarlo Stanton sucks. 
He sucks. He's overrated. He's never healthy. And he's not the player he once was. And quite frankly, I have zero confidence that he will ever be that player ever again or remotely close to that player ever again. And I think a lot of Yankees fans feel the same exact way. So, but it is going to be a fun series. Let's talk about my top five things to look for in this series. Real quick, real quick. My top five things to look for in this Subway series. Let's talk about it. Number five, Anthony Volpe. Why? Well, like I said, everybody's going to be looking at him with the 186 batting average and the talk about him potentially going down. So everyone is going to be looking at Volpe. Number four, I'm looking at Francisco Lindor, and not because he's sucked. It's because he's been amazing against the New York Yankees. He's been maybe the Yankee killer. And I would love for Francisco Lindor to own that term, the Yankee killer. So that would be pretty cool if Francisco Lindor can have a big Subway series again and flex on him while he's rounding the bases because 10 home runs and a 315 batting average in his career versus the New York Yankees. Hopefully the Yankee killer can keep that name. Anthony Rizzo, I was just talking about him. I'm looking at him, but I'm also going to add Giancarlo All right, I'm going to try to get things back up. All right, I'm not sure if you guys can hear me. I'm going to try to get things back up. I just lost Wi-Fi, but so I'm on my phone right now connected to LTE. Um, so, yeah, let me keep going over. So, number five was Anthony Volpe. That's who I'm looking at. Number four, Francisco Lindor, because he's the Yankee killer. Number three was Anthony Rizzo, and now also Giancarlo Stanton, because, Jesus, now my Wi-Fi is going back in. But, yeah, I'm also looking at Giancarlo Stanton, because, quite frankly, he's a guy who's a former MVP, 50-plus home runs, and I was just I was just raging about it. He, he needs to really get things going. Number two, I'm looking at Buck Showalter. You know, when you pinch hit Louis Guillorme, for Mark Vientos, I get it, you know, the matchups and the analytics. But at the same time, I also do understand the other side of the argument where maybe Vientos has the potential to tie up the game with the pop that he could potentially provide. So, Buck Showalter, I'm looking at him, especially since May 1st. We're 16 and 23. And then, first, I'm looking at, like, the number one thing I'm watching is
connecting to Wi-Fi. On my, I think I just connected to Wi-Fi on my phone. But yeah, I'm looking at Verlander, Cole, and Max Scherzer. Because Max Scherzer, obviously, in his last start, he sucked. Verlander, I mean, quite frankly, he's just been disappointed. You know, I'm not going to – you know, I overreact sometimes. Every Mets fan overreacts. And I overreacted saying, oh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, who, who was it? Uh, Freaking Trevor, former New York Met with the Washington Nationals, did pretty well against the uh, – Verlander's a guy potentially get you 10 wins in a row out of nowhere. But you need to see that soon. So that's why I'm looking at Verlander to give us an electric start against the New York Yankees. And I'm also looking at Max Scherzer to give us an electric start versus the New York Yankees. And I'm looking at Garrett Cole because in his last eight starts, he's had over a four ERA, I think a 4.40. So I'm looking at Garrett Cole because he is 7-0, but he work. Is it Garrett Cole? Is it Verlander? Is it Scherzer? Remember, we always had the Cole. In last year, I, I'm not sure if I keep losing you guys, but Cole had the big postseason last year. And then, you know, we like I said, we always have that debate, Cole versus DeGrom, and now it started to edge over for Cole because Cole's availability was just that much better. But DeGrom, we knew when he was healthy, he was undoubtedly the best pitcher in New York. But now we bring in Verlander and Scherzer, the Mets, and we're like, oh, well, we're right back there. We still have the better two pitchers than Garrett Cole. Verlander won a Cy Young last year. Yeah, but Garrett Cole's undefeated this year, and Verlander has done squat. And Scherzer... What has he done as a New York Met? He had a career ERA last year, but he started 22 games, and he wet the bed against the Atlanta Braves and the San Diego Padres when we needed him most. So I'm looking at those two, and I'm looking at Garrett Cole because I want to know who's the best pitcher in New York. And I think it is Garrett Cole. If I'm being honest, it's Garrett Cole. And then the second best pitcher, I don't even think is Verlander or Scherzer. And no, it's not David Robertson. I'm not talking about relievers. I'm talking starters. Because the second, I think the best pitcher in New York right now is David Robertson. But the second best starter, the best Mets starter, I think everybody knows where I'm going with this. It's Kodai Senga. I mean, yeah, he's been inconsistent here and there. But he's 6-3 and three with a 3.3 ERA. Kodai has been the best pitcher for the Mets this year. And I have some outrageous takes sometimes. But that take saying Kodai Senga would turn out to be the best pitcher for the Mets this year. It's looking like it's going to be true. Because yeah, he's had his moments. But Kodai Senga... He's also had his moments where he's looked like where you're thinking like, damn, this guy could be the best pitcher in the major league one day. He's that good. But that's all I got for you today. Subway series. You got my top five things to look for. Make sure you tune in in about a minute. The Mets panel will be on. Actually, they're on right now. So I'm going to log off right now. 
deuces y'all had a good one thank you anthony for hopping on thank you hector thank you cp for commenting and being a part of the show really appreciate you guys make sure you check out cpmy and blunt thoughts hector over on twitter posting his twitter videos post game pre games and he's at every Mets game, Mets season ticket holder. And I'm not sure if he's calling into Sal tonight, but if you're listening to WFAN late night, make sure you tune into Sal if he's on tonight. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to head out and uh, watch Talking Mets with Rob, their new Mets panel with Ant, CPNY, Subway to Shay, uh, and Shay and Sons podcast. So I'll see you guys, and uh, thanks for listening. Always love doing this. Deuces. <laughs>